You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible. It's Psalm 102. Psalm. Reading from the NIV version. You will arise and have compassion on Zion. For it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Everybody say the appointed time. We opened the new year, saw the new year in with this message. That we understand when we read about Zion, God's whole old covenant, the whole dealing with Israel coming through the law, all the various aspects of that law, the way they did things, those were all types and shadows highlighting and guiding us to the path where the truth should be manifested in Jesus, the church. That's always been God's plan. From the beginning, when Adam had sinned, God had already established His plan that man would fill the earth, subdue it, and take dominion and live In the image of God. And of course Satan tried to steal that. And get Adam through high treason to hand it all over. But God already had a plan. And he would send his seed. And he would get that back. And that's when Jesus came to this earth to get it back. And so yes there was a very real Israel. There was an actual Abraham and Moses and You go down the line, the David, these were real people that fought real battles and conquered real problems and heard word from God about promises for Israel. But remember, God is establishing a precedent that He wants us to live out in the earth. It's not like, oh, that was for those people. No, when God speaks, He remembers that word as covenant agreement, and he'll never allow his word to fail. He said, have I not said, and will I not do it? And so we always got to look with the perspective of eternity, of the kingdom of God. That God didn't just choose one nation and to the exclusion of all others. It was he was setting up a government system, a method, a a, a, a news, like what you call, what you call, like a trailer of a movie. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It, it is. It's all the highlights of what the kingdom should be. That's why Jesus could step in and say the kingdom is as if, and he could point to things in the old covenant. Why? Because the old covenant was the new covenant concealed. That he was hiding it until Jesus was crucified. Because had the princes of the world known, he would never have crucified Jesus, but it was hidden in a mystery. But now that Jesus has been crucified and has been raised from the dead, now God can reveal his eternal plan. And no weapon formed against it shall prosper. The gates of hell cannot stop. Even if the devil knows exactly what the plan is now, he would not be able to stop it. Why? Because now it's backed up by the blood of Jesus to get it done. It is now sealed in an eternal covenant. And so why I said all of that is that when you read through the old covenant, we don't just see it as laws that we need to keep to try and get into heaven. No, by grace you save by faith. Not of our works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. 
And so you receive your eternal life. But you understand the old covenant has precepts in it, methods of how the government works, of how the kingdom of God works. And if we want to see kingdom manifestations, we're going to learn how these things operate. And when you come into agreement with it and you come into cooperation with it, you will see a kingdom manifestation. And so when you have a look at that, you've got to look at the eternal perspective, see it from eternity, not even this few years that we have on this planet as Christians. It's I'm working in an eternal system. And what I do today has impact on my eternity. Seed sowing and harvest doesn't stop when you leave the planet. God operates by seed and harvest all the time. I mean, if he wanted to birth us as a family, he couldn't just step in and say, I want these people. He had to send a seed to get his family. So he gave his only begotten. That's the last one he has, but he's prepared to sow it so that he can reap a family. See, God abides by his own principles. Why? Because they work. He designed them. And so he knows how they work. And so when I look in kingdom perspective, I don't just apportion this thing over here to just, the earthly Israel. So when you hear Zion, we're not just talking about an earthly Israel. Zion, when you read it from that perspective that the new covenant concealed, Zion is talking about the church. You and I as the church. Not an organization, not a country, not a place. It's you and me living under a covenant of God. Lift your hand and say, I am part of Great Zion under the covenant of the government of the kingdom of God eternal, God almighty. The creator of all the universe has chosen me and birthed me into his kingdom and I am now part of Zion. See, that's where we, you, you got to see this because what will happen is the enemy will hijack wording and use it and he'll use political incorrectness and, or political correctness or incorrectness or political whatever you want to call it. But he will try and use past injustices to try and cause certain words not to have its power. Why do you think the word Jesus is used as a curse word, as a swear word? Because in that name is salvation. When that name is spoken out of a heart of faith, not out of cursing, everyone who calls on that name shall be saved. Isn't it interesting that we don't have Buddha as a swear word or Muhammad or you know, any other name you can think of? Why Jesus? And so we reserve that name for when it's needed for power. For authority. I don't use it every day just flipping it off. I use it because I need to establish power in my speech. I'm calling on covenant. And so the same way you may hear the word like Zionists and they're talking about, you know, racism and, and it's a form of Israeli government and all of that. I don't care what the devil tried to hijack the word for. You need to renew your mind, say that is a world system. They use their name. When I hear someone use the name of Jesus as a swear word, I say, oh, well, now I can't use it. No, they abusing the word. 
doesn't mean there's something wrong with it. So right now, just unhook from the worldly understanding of what Zionism is and how the media has tried to drive what Zionism is. That, that's, you can even go look it up in a dictionary and just ignore that because when it comes to the Word of God, when He says Zion, He's talking about you. You don't have to worry about being associated with any earthly idea of Zionism. Can I get a bigger amen? I know when you start to lean into the political arena, some, you know, chokhas start to rise up and just, just, just cast it out. We, we, you just keep smiling, throw it out the door, resist it, say, go in Jesus' name. I take that thought captive and none of us will know any different. But just trust God because in understanding these things, you can read the word with an open heart and get everything that he has for you. Now, I said all of that because I want you to see this now, that what you're reading here is not for Israel so many hundreds or thousands of years ago. This is for you today. God says, I will arise and have compassion on Zion. Compassion. Everybody say compassion. Compassion is love in action. Love in action. God is love. But if He's just love and stayed in heaven and lived His own life in His own kingdom, we would never know who He is and what's available. But when He steps out as love and then starts speaking to us and demonstrating His life to us, that's compassion. God sees you need Him. And He comes into your life to bring everything that He has for you. And he says, yeah, you will arise and have compassion on Zion for it is time to show favor. It's time to show favor. It's time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Now, when we say the appointed time, it's very easy for us to fall into the trap of, you know, 2021 has come and now we have a new year, 2022 and it always amazes me how everybody will sit down, not everybody, but a lot of people will sit down this last week and they'll start to write lists of, I need to do this now. I need to, so I need to stop eating this, this food. I need to go to gym on Monday. I need to start running more. I need to, I'm going to start a new business. I'm going to, you think, but the only difference is we, the clock went tick. But it went tick on Friday. And it went tick last Wednesday. And it's going to tick again tomorrow. So what does the change in year? Why are we waiting for a year? Why are we waiting for Monday? Why don't we just do it today? I have something in my heart. Something needs to change in my life. Why don't I change it now? Make a decision to change Today, you don't need a new year resolution. Just live a life of trusting God that everything that needs to be rearranged in my life, that He would speak to me and I would hear it and I make the decision to make the change immediately. See, if I learn to act on that quickly, then nothing can stop me from getting there. Because if I decide I'm going to gym on Monday... And you still got a whole nother week 
to go. Let's say this is Tuesday. It's different like today, Sunday, tomorrow is Monday. But, you know, for the example, let's say I'm going to start after the holidays. Why after the holidays? Why don't you start today, tomorrow? Shout amen. Why I'm saying this is when we say the time has come. Very often we, we want to say, now God's going to. Then my question is, why didn't he before? Now God's going to do something. This is God's going to do a new thing. <laughs> what new thing? Because when you understand, when we're looking at appointed time, Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, and as you know, he read the scripture where he said, uh, he came to Nazareth, verse 16, and he, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read, and he's handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened the book. He found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant. He sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today. When was that? Almost 2,000 years ago. Once he had been baptized with the Holy Spirit, he came out immediately and said, I'm starting now. I'm not waiting for next week. I am now anointed to, and so I'm beginning my ministry. And it got people upset. It's like, what were you thinking? And they, they, the next moment, they're wanting to throw him off a cliff. But we, I, I want to ask them, well, when were you waiting for? He says today, and now someone wants to throw you off the cliff. Because you decide, let's activate this. Uh, maybe we should have waited for next month or next year. Who, who what? When, who are you waiting for? If it's not in this man, he has a man standing, anointed, and he says, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And they don't accept that. So what's the next one going to look like? If, if you're waiting for somebody to fulfill that, what does he look like? How will you say, oh, yeah, you are the one? How do, will you know that? And so, family, I don't want you to be intimidated because there'll be a lot of people around you who say, just relax, just sit down, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, more is not you know. And, uh, no, no. You decide today. Everybody say today. And yet Jesus activates his ministry and he steps out and he says, this is fulfilled. In other words, fulfilled is done. When he died on the cross, we saw this on, on New Year's Eve, John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine that's on the cross, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And so he said, it is finished. What's finished? It. What's it? If he says, it is finished, what? That statement, I can take the next year to preach out of just that verse and I will still not get done with it. Because it starts in Genesis chapter 1. When, Jesus, when, when God Almighty said, I will make man to prosper, to be blessed. You, everything you put your hand to will work. You're going to fill this earth. You're going to have dominion. That's it. 
And in that statement is everything that Satan tried to steal from you, tried to stop you from getting to it. God hasn't changed his plans. He hasn't come up with a new plan. It's not like you one day find out, okay, now it's 2022, let's start this. No, God had this intention on day one of creation. So why didn't we see it? Well, Adam threw it away. God, all the way through, you, you pick anybody, any faith hero you know under the old covenant. If they saw God had an intention and they chose to believe it every time it worked in their life. Why? It's God's plan and intention. And if you get that, then you're not waiting for a year to start something. We say this is a year of kingdom manifestations, but God's wanted that from day one. He wants you living in kingdom. Why did Jesus die and rise from the dead? He was demonstrating the kingdom all the way through. You read his entire ministry. Do a study. Go read all the red words. And you will see it was all about manifesting. This is what God wants to do. This is what God is doing. Watch this. Watch this. He has a healing. Watch this. Eyes open. Watch this. Deaf ears open. Watch this. Raised from the dead. Watch this. Walking on water. Watch this. Causing gold out of a fish's mouth. Watch this. And he's preaching and he's healing. He's preaching and he's healing. He's teaching and he's healing. Jesus said we would do the same works he did and greater. So family of God, for the last 2,000 years, it has already been finished. It was accessible. Healing doesn't come now that we know faith, now that we know healing. No, it comes to us because now we've heard the word, but it's always been God's intention. And so if it's always been God's intention, then how come we haven't seen it? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. God's favor has always been available. He says, yeah, the favor has been available. It is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Jesus said in 1 John 3, 8, this purpose the Son of God has manifested to destroy the works of the devil. It is finished. Say, it is finished. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It is finished. That means whoever you call on to receive Jesus, they'll get saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say, it is finished. John 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I came that they may have life and that they may have that life more abundantly. Oh, Pastor Sam caught on quickly. What happened to the rest of us? Let's catch up. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. It is finished. Well, then how come I haven't seen these things in my life? Family of God, again. Everything, get this, everything, everything, everything. What's everything mean? Why? 
because that's what everything means. Is anything left out of everything? Everything you ever receive from God has to be received by faith. Nothing just happens. We, we think it's, a, oh, wow, that, that's a coincidence. No, there's a law of sowing and reaping. There's a law of sowing and reaping. You see anybody getting a harvest in the, in the Bible, you know they sowed a seed. You don't even have to read it to know it. Why? Because God says he's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. Whatever a man sows is what he reaps. So whatever happens in our life, there's a seed somewhere. It doesn't always have to be our fault. I get that. It could be the family that have caught into a belief system. And we grow up in that belief system. And it's because of bad seed that our family's been sowing. And now it's causing problems in my life. But the good news is I can cut that harvest off. I can ask God by his power to take that sycamine tree and remove it out of my life. And choose from today on to sow kingdom-based seeds. And change the line, the lineage of my posterity. So we have to make a decision that the word says the just shall live by faith. If we want to see this abundant life, it's going to have to be by faith. And so when it comes to the favor of God, the word tells us that God grants divine favor. And sometimes we think, well, that's not fair. It's just God's got his favorites. He just decided not to choose me. No. Let me show this. Come with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. God picks somebody. Chooses them. Name's Abram. Says, now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now listen to this. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Okay. Listen, I'm way ahead of you. I know we're okay, so just excuse me. I have a little celebration dance here because I want you to get this. Yes, God giving the covenant responsibilities. What is God's responsibility? He says, I will lead you to the land. You don't have to, where do I go now? I will take you there. Okay? He says, I'm going to make you a great nation, not a religion. You are going to be a people that when they look at you, they're going to think government. How, are you going to, how, how do we do that? God says, I will. I will make you. Listen to this. I will bless you. Oh God, please bless me, please. Stop it. Stop that nonsense. I will bless you. God said it's his responsibility. He's, he's made it his responsibility. 
I will make your name great. You see, we don't have to uh, Instagram me, Instagram me, Instagram me, post, post, like, post, like, post. Uh, oh, yes, I mean, if I pay 100,000 rand, they'll give me 4,000 followers. Why, why are you trying to build a false following? People see numbers on your Instagram. Oh, he's got 3,000 followers. Yeah, some of them are bought. That's not what makes you famous. You don't try and promote yourself. Uh, you know, for those that may be called to the ministry, when you go to pastors, ministers, conferences, that's not time to hand your card out. I, I preach on, I preach on, I preach on. I, I've seen it. What you trying to do? I. If God needs your name out there, you don't even have to wonder how to get there. I'm going to make your name great. Can you see? There's already four things God has given himself the responsibility. He said, I will, I will, I will. What's my responsibility? What's your part? Put the verse up, please. What's your part? I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You. What's your responsibility? What's your responsibility? Just be a blessing. Oh, some of you got it. I think you all got it. Just taking some time to get down in there. See, we're so busy trying to get God to get God, please God, why God, come God, when God, how come God, in God, oh God, 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 please God. God says, I've committed. I've committed. If it's not happening, we stopping it somehow. The only reason the church has taken so long to get where it is because the church has been backwheeling out of everything that God wants to do. Not anymore. Now we've got preachers that are bold enough to stand up and say, this is the kingdom. And if you dare believe it, just step into it. And you're going to have to stop with the toil, stop with the worrying, stop with the chasing, and just believe this is what God wants to do. Believe and say, I get it and I'm willing. Some people are nervous around this because they think they don't deserve it. I don't. But he thinks I do. And if he thinks I do, I don't care what I think anymore. And I don't care if anybody else tries to tell me, you didn't work for that, and you, didn't, and you don't deserve it, and, and, and you, had a, you had a privileged start, and you had a... I if God chose me, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm stepping into it. How many say amen? amen? So how do I activate all the I will, I will, I will, I will? I just have to be a blessing. Just be a blessing. Be a blessing. I learned that. When, when I get up to teach a message, I'm not trying to promote my name, become a, a brand. become No, I just want to get people to discover their part of ministry and to get them to prosper in it. That's my calling. And as long as I do that, the rest works out. Just be 
a blessing. I wish I was a millionaire. Act like one. I'm not talking about a worldly millionaire that stores up everything for themselves. No, someone who's got so much money, they don't care whether their bank has got a bottom to it or not. They just keep giving and helping and helping other people and, and, and giving, you know, fill a tank of petrol, give a car, give somebody a house. See, some people are lost along the line. No, you start by just starting with what you have. If you got it to give, give it. Be a blessing. You want your business to work? Stop trying to make money. Be a blessing. You be a blessing to people through your business. This business is here to make your life better. I don't need to sell you on anything. Because sometimes I can sell you on something. And then you take it home because I managed to convince you to take it. And then you get home and you think, but I didn't really need this. And it lies in your cupboard. Now you're angry with me also because I forced you to buy it. And I've lost you as a customer. But if I find out what you want, what you need, and I start to meet your needs, and I'm a blessing to you, be a blessing. And if you be a blessing, God says, I'm going to do all of this. And you're going to be a great blessing. Now remember, the Bible says Abraham believed. He wasn't even a Christian. Okay, what? No, Christian only came after Jesus was Christ, the anointed one. And those who followed him were called Christians. Abraham wasn't even Jewish. He came from a heathen family worshiping other gods. But when God Almighty spoke to him, he said, I believe. He didn't go do a, a Christian growth seminar, spiritual growth seminar. He didn't go and do, you know, catechism. He didn't go and do this, these things. He didn't go, come on, he wasn't even baptized. He wasn't, hello. He didn't go join a church. Now, all these things are great today for teaching us for things we don't know. That's why we have a church, so we can get the faith that we need. You understand? Point I'm making is, it wasn't because he belonged to the Bay Christian Family Church. He believed. He believed. And what happened? Oh, we don't have time today. How many can tell? i got a lot to go. Listen to verse, chapter 24, verse 1. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. All things. Not just his spiritual life. Very much so in his spiritual life. But in all things. In fact, you see his servant down in verse 34. He said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds. God has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. Family of God. 
the servant looked at Abraham, saw he was very, very prosperous, and said it is the Lord that had blessed him. It was recognized. Why? Because Abraham did his part. He was a blessing. How do you get this? Now look at Galatians 3 verse 7. Therefore know that those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Those who are of now, Satan did everything to try and stop this. Because if you get this, what I just shared with you, you can understand you're going to become like Abraham great. Not your neighbor has one TV and you got two. That's not what I'm talking about here. We're talking Abraham great. Gold, silver, it's not all about the money. Yeah, I get that. I don't need to rephrase this every time I teach. To waste my time. We're born again. We're going to heaven. But there is a city to rebuild. And you're not going to do it with a pancake sale. I'm not even talking about... I used to talk about planting churches. We're still going to do that. I used to talk about going into a place and getting Bible colleges going. That's still going to happen. We need to build church buildings cash. No wonder how come we don't have the building yet and someone else is in there now. That's fine. They're cleaning it up for us. Praise God. It's just, you understand what I'm saying, but we should, we should be able to just walk and say, how much? Boom. Move out. Goodbye. Are you with me? But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about going into a village and saying, let's tear out all this poverty and let's put in decent, well-built homes. I'm not talking about little brick, little cabins that we, we're talking about being a, a, a blessing. Where people walk away and go, now that's a blessing. You understand what I mean by no pancake sales? I'm talking about Abraham great. I'm ready for some Abraham great. Well, look what Jesus did in verse 13. Christ redeemed us, Galatians 3, 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How? Through faith. Those who are faith are sons of Abraham, that the blessing of Abraham may come on you as well. Now look at verse 9. Those, oh, Jesus, those who are of faith. Let me see, how many of you are of faith? Bump your name and say, that's me. This, 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 I'm, I'm in the book. This is me. Those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. I 
oh, come on, this is not talking about believing in Abraham. It's talking about Abraham the believer. Why was Abraham so blessed? Because God said, and he said, okay. He believed it. And because he's believing Abraham, he was blessed. Now he says, if those who are of faith, you are blessed the same way. Oh, you got to get this. God's not saying that was Abraham. Now I was speaking to him specifically and it was for him for that time. And it was something that's doing in his life. No, you can't excuse this out of me anymore. If he said he's going to bless me with believing Abraham, I want all that God did in Abraham's life to manifest in my life. Why? Because he is the father of my faith. Shout Amen. <laughs> Just in case you're still wondering. Look at verse 29. If you are Christ's, how many belong to Christ? Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Everything he had is yours. Come on, give Jesus praise if you got that. Come on, give him glory. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out of time, yeah, but I'm going to open with a statement and we'll pick up on it because I want you to see something. This is from the Living Bible. You ready for this? Look at Romans chapter 4. Verse 16 from the Living Bible. So God's blessings are given to us. How? By faith as a free gift. Let me say it again. God's blessings are given to us by faith, as a free gift. Come on, give Jesus praise. Stand to your feet. Give Him glory. Come on. See, family God, you don't have to work for this. You don't even have to prove you deserve it. How come some people got so much favor? It's a free gift, brother. Well, where's mine? By faith. Receive it. There's nothing more for you to do. There's not one more thing for you to do. You're going to keep me here for the afternoon if I have to keep saying this statement until someone goes, oh, I get it. There is nothing, not one thing for you to do. All you have to do is believe it. How come so many good things happen to you? I believe it. I believe it. This, this revelation used to frustrate me as a new believer. 
You know me. I'm a studier of the word. And I always will be because I'm called to teach it. And we need to understand these things to know why and how they work. And revelation like this doesn't come except you spend time in the word. But I would take something and I would go through everything that my pastor taught me and I'd write my vision down, find a scripture on it, confess the scripture, believe the scripture, confess it till I believe it, trust God, raise up my faith levels, speak, and boom, it would happen. Janine, my wife, would wake up one morning and say she believes God for something. And by the afternoon it would be there. No prayer fasting, right, Pastor Sam? No. I would have to fast and you know, get my heart right. And she just goes, I want something. Here it is. And I was like, God, how does this work? And over time, I saw it. Because in the beginning, I didn't It would frustrate me. I mean, you know, you've got to put the work in. No, she just knows her daddy. Daddy loves me. Oh, doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what problems I'm going through. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could have done something wrong five minutes ago, but daddy loves me. What can I say? She just believes. And it took a long time to get to understanding that. And, you know, revelations when someone puts into words what you knew all the time. And that's what the word's talking about, entering into a rest. Abraham just believed. If God said it, then well, I've got nothing left to, to try and make it happen. So if God wants it, okay, come, let's go. Pour it on, Daddy. Amen. And I really want you to get that, family. God favors you. Don't feel guilty about that. Not because you're good or you're handsome. You might be. You might be pretty. You might be great. You know, you are. You know, you're a nice person, all that, all those things. All the things we try and to, to use to jostle in the world system to get close to the boss. No, you don't have to do that. God already chose you. He chose you because he decided to. So you can't do anything more to get him to choose you more. And if he's chosen you, you are his favorite. He is pouring favor out. There is a divine favor. And all you have to do is say, I believe. And if God says something, okay, let's do this, Father. Let's see it happen. Because I'm believing. And you do not have to try and justify it, prove yourself worthy, anything. Because when Jesus died on that cross, he called you worthy. Say this, today I've heard the word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As I heard the word, I now apply it. The application of this word is, I believe. I believe it. I'm not moved by what I've thought, what I've seen around me. What I see in others, what happens to me, none of that has bearing 
on the fact God chose me and he shows favor. And when Jesus said, it is finished, it is the time for favor. I am living right now in my time of favor. Everywhere I go, I see the favor of God. I am a blessing. And as I go about being a blessing, favor shows up everywhere. Doors open, opportunities arise, people bring things to me, things happen, I increase, whatever I put my hand to prospers. When I sow a seed, it multiplies. I don't have to try it anymore. I am highly favored. God loves me and He shows me divine favor. He chose it. I believe it. I love it. I love it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory.